Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Shared Pages. Another very nearly late episode. Yeah, it's really... Uh, it's 10.30 on the 30th. Funny, because we finished, we both finished this one really early, and yet we still managed to have to rush at the last minute to record. Well, but I honestly <laughs> thought there was one more day in this month. Yeah, it definitely slipped, slipped by. Um, but yeah, anyway, welcome to the next episode of Shared Pages. I'm Ronnie. And I'm Ian. And we are going to discuss our book of the month, uh, for April, that hopefully you are reading along with. And that was Wilder Girls by Rory Power, uh, which was my pick. I picked this one. And this is a YA horror romance novel? Oh, yeah, there's romance in there's it. Romance there's romance in it. in it. That would be, like, the least of the categories for me. Yeah, but well, yeah. that's why I said it last. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, so that that was the book. And part of uh, what drew me to this book is, I mean, I, I did actually have a couple other books that I considered before this one, but I wanted a, a bit of a shorter read standalone, so I ended up with this. And part of what drew me to it was the cover. So, just, like, I think the cover is... That's a is, good cover really cool like kind of like unraveling picture of a girl and i like also the the floral aspect like yeah, the flowers the growing through her now like so when i first looked at it i thought slasher mm. when i look at it now i think like the unraveling of the human genome yeah definitely i de- definitely after reading the book it has that vibe and there's like a bunch of details, like the fact that her one eye is covered yep. uh, on the cover, and she has like the eye deformity. But yeah, so that I I like this cover a lot. I think the cover itself is almost like art that I would have on a wall. Yeah, yeah, in, in my I, apartment. Cool. Like I could I could see this uh, being there. Um. So anyway, I guess we can just jump into the overview. Yeah. Do you have any other? No. Last minute remarks for the opening. Uh, yeah, so this book, it takes place, I think it's kind of interesting. So the, the premise of it is that there is a disease, an infection called the tox that has been ravaging this boarding, sorry, this female boarding school. I'm struggling to think of what the words that I want to say. And, um... I think it's interesting, like, I think you said this too, is that it starts after they've already been suffering from this for two years, instead of starting at so, the beginning of the breakout. I actually thought of this after we talked about it a little bit, because you read The Stand because mm-hmm. I like King, mm-hmm. but you didn't like the beginning of The Stand because it's literally, and spoiler alert, but the book's forever old, mm-hmm. like, literally, like, 500 pages of people who don't come back in the story dying being exposed to what the super flu in yeah this, yeah this which is what would have happened if the, skips yeah. this yeah, yeah. It, it goes right into like we're one year into this disease and people are dying which i know like the stand is the stand is beloved yeah right? stephen king but i really do feel like it was like 300 pages too long and i think a lot of yeah. that was the beginning part of it because it felt like it took so long to get to the actual story but I understand it was like setting up the horror of yeah you yeah. know yeah what was I mean it really but... just like examples of 
the world's population going from 100% to, like, 8%, you know? Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, in this, it's a much smaller population. Well, I won't go there yet, because we don't know, and I'm sure we're talking about it. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely is a smaller, but, right, but we, don't we don't know, know for sure. At the beginning of the book, you do not know if the tox is on the island only, whatever the name of the island is, I can't remember. Um, called Raxer? Raxer, yeah. Or Raxter, something like that. I mean, the boarding school is called but, Raxter. But you don't know if the tox is only on the island with the girls, or if it's also on the mainland. Right, exactly. Which I kind of like that. I like that they keep it as a mystery for most of the book. Uh, oh, and um, but sorry, it looked like you wanted to jump in and say I something. I was worried you were going to squish the kitty's head if you leaned back no! in the chair. Because her head is between the cat tree and oh, our no, chair. I won't. I will lean back. Um, but yeah, so so it starts with these girls, and you're in, immediately introduced to the main protagonist, Hetty, mm-hmm. who is kind of just jumps in and shows you like what their daily life is like. They're living on the edge. They are suffering from these weird mutations that are very painful for them. So Hetty, from the way it's described, it's almost like she's growing like a second or third eyelid or something yeah, inside of her eye. And her left eye, I think it is, and it's like all messed up, and it like burns, and it they kind of all have like open wounds on their bodies. Um, she has her best friend named Byatt, whose mutation is that she has a second spine, yeah, which is like a bone just sticking out of her back. Uh, and then they have a, a third friend, Reese, who I think is my favorite. She's my favorite character by far. She's like the tough tomboy character, and she has a scaled silver arm that is like super strong. I know it says it's scaled, but in my head, it's like a scythe. Like scales have formed into like a scythe. And (laughs) I'm like, you're the Terminator. Yeah, yeah. I I always kind of wanted to, because like it seemed like the mutations were almost like. I, I don't know, almost like X-Men like. Like Reese's yeah. Reese's gave her like it was very strong, it was scaled, it seemed like it was like real extra hard to like penetrate because of that. Yeah. So I was kind of hoping that like halfway through the story, Hetty's like eye was gonna like open and she could like see really far away or in orange She's gonna like Scott night vision Summer. or something. Well, I mean that would be bad <laughs> if it was like She's laser gonna... beams. Yeah. Wait. Cyclops is they've got one eye, right? Yes. Cyclops is I was like, what would she be? Monoclops? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, spoiler alert, that doesn't end up happening. Her eyes just fucked up the whole time, and that's it. Um, so yeah, so it starts with their daily life. They essentially are living off of rations that the Navy brings them. Only a few girls are allowed to go at a time with the, the one teacher that's like left at the school. Yeah, the teachers have died. Except for one, and they've like highly fortified the school against wild animals who have also been affected by the tox. And it's kind of mentioned uh, in pet. This is a girls' school, so there was no men, except for Reese's dad, who seemed like extremely affected by the tox. And then all the other female teachers that were like in the middle age seemed to also be really affected by it. So now it's just all these teenage girls. The headmistress, who they mention, they assume has gone through menopause, and that's why she's not as affected. And then 
their younger teacher, who was the only teacher, apparently, that was on birth control. And she's not as affected by the tox. Yeah. So, for some reason, whatever this weird mutation infection is, is somehow affected by estrogen levels or so- mm-hmm. something like that. Um, um, and then within the school, near the beginning of this book, it's kind of... They've been broken down, essentially, into cliques. But it's like jobs that kids of that age could reliably and responsibly do even though some of the jobs are out of like the range of a normal kid they're just like they have to so you've got like the teacher who's overseeing everything and then you've got the the gun girls who like they have like sentry shifts with guns on the walls looking for wild animals that are kind of trying to sneak into the building because they know there's food there you've got the boat girls who go out of the school, they're the only ones, and they go to the dock and get the supplies from the Navy and come back with it. Um, am I missing anyone else? I don't think so. The, I don't... the, the door girls. They're like oh, really young girls who could open sit and by the, the door. front door. Yeah. yeah, I think that's it. I think that's all the jobs they mention. Although I would assume they There's also more. have other jobs, yeah. like you're a cleaning duty or something. Yeah, yeah. But they don't really talk about those. But it's just important to know that some, so they're all gun trained. Specific girls are sentries, and specific girls are chosen because of, like, what you assume at the beginning to be their reliableness mm-hmm. to go out and back. And that's only, like, three or four ever at a time. Right. And that is essentially the first, like, big thing in the book, is one of the girls who is a boat girl doesn't want to be a boat girl anymore. I'm just imagining her like a horse girl, but she's a boat girl. <laughs> she loves boats. No. <laughs> so she's on the she's on the shift that goes out to receive the supplies from the navy that they drop off for the school. And uh the bi- the first big climactic moment is that Hetty is chosen as the replacement boat girl. And it's assumed in part because she is one of the gun girls already and she's the best shot in the school. So it's assumed that she gets that boat girl position because they, the boat girls also potentially have access to guns and she could, like, defend the group bringing the supplies back if need be. Um, and this puts a divide between her and Reese because Reese really wanted to be on boat shift because she wanted to go outside the gate because she thinks her father is still out there on the island somewhere and she wants a, a reason and excuse to go out and look for it. So they end up fighting with each other. Um, and it seems like Reese and Hetty, I mean, it doesn't seem like there is. There's always this tension between Reese and Hetty. And, uh, I mean, you know what? You just know what it is right away, right? It's like they have romantic tension. Yeah. Yeah. And by it, Hetty's best friend almost acts as a buffer for, has been a buffer for their whole lives, kind of. Being that space between Reese and Hetty that they kind of wanted, I think. I think they kind of wanted to keep yeah, the distance. Yeah, I from don't each know. Other. I, I to be honest, this is one of my issues with the book mm. is that it's short, which is fine, but it seems to want to do a lot more characterization work than it, it gave itself room to do. Mm-hmm. So the characters are mysterious, but not mysterious in like a Tom Bombadil way, where you kind of come back and think about it. It's mysterious, and you're like, I don't know what they want at all. Okay. Um, 
So Reese and Hetty end up getting into a big fight. Reese ends up like attacking Hetty, which is like a big thing. Apparently it's like normal in this universe because they are also all of their emotions and like hormones are heightened when they're infected with the tox. So they like it's common that the girls would just like fight each other yeah. for like things that they would want. Like or, scraps like, of food. Scraps of food or like a better sleeping spot or like something yeah. like that. So like Reese and Hetty actually get into like a physical altercation over Hetty getting the boat girl job. Um and they don't talk to each other. But anyway, Hetty ends up going on her first outing as Boat Girl. And she uh sees the horrors on the island. I think they they encounter some wildlife, or they in passing they see some wildlife. Yeah, I think. Wait, is this when they see the deer? No, I think they see the bear, but they don't fight it. They just see it and they hide from it. Okay. They, there's like a black bear. That's yeah. Like I imagine it as like the annihilation bear. Like I don't know yeah. that, but I imagine it being like that. Like all the animals also have. Like, and I mean, I I think this this book probably takes a little bit of inspiration from. Annihilation Probably. and that series, those books. But, like, I mean, I don't know, maybe she's never read it, but it's got an Area X feel mm-hmm. to it a bit. Yeah, and the, because, like, all the animals are also affected by the tox and they, the kind of the open wounds and, like, the description of, like, I don't, do they describe them as having, like, thorns and stuff on them? I kind of imagine them like that. I, I don't, don't know, know if they, they describe any of the animals being different except the deer I mentioned, which at one point they see a deer, and then she's like, it has, oh, like, canines. She, yeah, she's like, oh, it's just a deer, it can't hurt me, and then it's like, <laughs> yeah, that, which would be horrifying, Yeah, if you, if you think about it. Um... So she does that. She goes on her first boat shift, and then they the Navy brings in this huge food supply, and Hetty's like, whoa, this is, like, the most food I've ever seen, because usually the boat shift only brings back, like, a really small amount that's barely enough to feed the remaining, like, 30 or so girl, girls, or 50 girls, yeah. however many girls are left there. And then she finds out that the reason that they had so little food coming back is because they throw out most of the food. And I think the teacher's description reasoning why is like a lot of the food that's sent to them is like expired or already open so it looks like something was added to it and and honestly i think the teacher has a good reason and i don't understand why hetty's as mad at first except for the fact that she's a teenager and starving so maybe she's like i i think that would drive you to be irrationally angry obviously. yeah but also i the, the way i remember it is that the teacher does not do like, the problem is, is that the teacher is telling them partial truths that she thinks, like, the kids can handle. Mm-hmm. But instead of being like, look, we know, like, A, B, and C are happening, mm-hmm. she's like, yeah, I think they're putting something in the food, but um, maybe we're not actually sure, but we should throw it out. And then you're like, you're gonna let us starve to death on a 30% maybe? Yeah, and I think they do confirm later in the book that they... They were poisoning the food. They do, like, a redemptive arc for this teacher. Right. Even though she kind of sucks. Because they they want to see, essentially, like, they want to, like, push the tox. They want to see, like, can these girls, like, survive if they ate, like, poison food, kind of, is, is what I got from it. So I got the opposite, is that, like, we are sending stuff that would be adjacent to doing human research. Like, like if you were to pre- test, um, make up toxicity on humans and stuff. That's, that's what I mean. Yeah, but, like, 
but we're not trying to push it. We're trying to get more data quickly to cure you of the top. Hmm, okay. So you don't think that they... You thought that they were only sending things that might make you, like, get, like, food sick, but not, like, No, I think it would probably kill them. Oh, But this is why... I think we're saying the same thing, This is why I'm tempted to think there is some tox on the mainland, because Mm. at first I was thinking, and, you know, just skipping ahead a little bit, but the island was the only place with the tox. Mm Mm-hmm. And they're doing research there, right? Yeah. But, like, they're doing whatever kind of research, like genetic research, trying to make human weapons or something. But then, if that was true, why would they rush it if the kids felt... if you Like, if you just could keep them happy and healthy and research them, right? Yeah. There's gotta be another reason. Why they try and, like, push to get an answer yeah. sooner. Yeah, so that's why I think maybe that's somewhere on the continent. And they... Because they do talk about... It seems like it's not widespread there once you get the little rumors you get, like... But, you know, this is all conjecture. Yeah, yeah. So, she goes... Essentially, the teacher and the other girls on the boat shift are like, uh, Hedy, you have to, like, agree to do this and keep it a secret, or we're just gonna murder you right here. get murked. Um... And so she's like, no, I agree, that's the right choice. Even though in her mind she's like, uh, that's pretty fucked up. She does get, like, her <laughs> first taste of, like, real dark chocolate in, like, two years. And she basically has, like, a spiritual experience. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, to be fair, chocolate is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they, like, kind of sort through the food, pick out what is deemed good, and take it back to the house. And when they get back to the house... Um, I'm trying to remember what happens next. I think, is this when Byatt has her, her her breakout? Or is that before she, they She go? comes back and she's having her breakout. Like, she comes back, she talks to Byatt mm-hmm. and Reese, and she gets in a fight with Reese again. Mm. I think. Or is Reese just not there? Like, Reese is avoiding I think, her. I think she talks to Byatt, and Byatt's like, you should go talk to Reese. So yeah. she goes to talk to Reese, and then they... Be- Hear Byatt screaming because she's like having a, a flare. Well, up, I think I think Byatt goes, yeah, go talk to her, and the other girls are also like, you have to talk to Reese and keep up appearances. Mm. We can't make it look weird that you the know other the boat girls, yeah. yeah. And then so they go in there and they're having this conversation and they're kind of having it out. And Hetty is thinking like, where's Byatt? She normally comes in at this point mm. and breaks up the fight. Yeah, yeah. If there's something happening, she diffuses the tension and she hasn't come yet. And then one of the other younger girls runs in and she's like, you gotta come right now. And Byatt having a flare-up is not unusual. It's been stated that the girls seem to have this every, like, at least once a year. Almost, it seems like yeah. there's not, like, a specific time frame, but they just know when it's gonna happen. Well, like, and that's why I thought... Because they're all women and they talk about estrogen, if it was, like, a year-long menstrual cycle kind of maybe, thing. Maybe, yeah, maybe something like that. Um, so, Bayan is having a flare-up, so they take her to, like, the quarantine area of the house, which the girls kind of know the quarantine area means, like, once you go there, you kind of don't come back, and it's kind of assumed, like, you maybe just die up there from the tox. Yeah. But they remove you from being near the other girls because I think that they... Well, one, I think they probably want to do it so that the other girls aren't seeing you die from it, but maybe also because they're worried, like, a flare-up could cause, like, reactionary flare-ups, whether it be from stress or something to do with the tox spreading. And they also just don't want you to see 
in general where they're actually taking her. Yeah, so but they don't actually take her to the quarantine, which Hetty figures out by sneaking in there at night one night, and she goes there and, and by it's not there. Which I was like kind of interested in that scene, because she sneaks in there, and she does it fairly easily. Right? Yeah. But like earlier in the book, she's, they're like, I can't remember the teacher's name. The headmistress. But they're like, she's like unavoidable. She's freaking Snape and Filch. Like, <laughs> you know, she they she's everywhere. And then Hattie's like, yeah, I'm in. She, she does have like Snape vibes, the yeah. headmistress. Yeah. I'm trying to remember the teacher's name. I think her name is Mrs. Wren for some reason. I want to say um, is the, the teacher that takes like them out. Oh, Miss Welch. Welch. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, so... She sneaks in, finds out by it's not actually there, goes back, tells Reese, like, she's not actually there, and I think she is also, like, also, boat shift is kind of fucked up, we throw out a lot of food, and Reese is like, okay, what are we gonna do about this? And so her and Hetty make a plan to sneak out at night, and, um, because she is now a boat shift girl, I think she has... Or, no, I remember. Because they know they're going to move by it off of the school grounds. So they know the gate's going to be open. Mm -hmm. So they steal a shotgun. And they wait until nightfall. And they realize there's no girls on gunshift that night. There's no door girl that night. So they realize, like, oh, this is actually, like, a thing. Yeah. Like, this is a thing that the this teacher... This isn't organized. Yeah, the teacher and the headmistress are hiding from us. And they don't ever... They don't see by it being moved, but they get out. That's when they encounter the deers, I think. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> and then... And then they go, and immediately Reese is like, I want to go to my house. Because her father was, like, the groundskeeper of the school. They had a house on the island. She thinks he's still on the island and that he's there. So they go to the house, and I think it's, like, the most horror, cool scene. Where they do find Reese's father, but he's clearly just like a husk yeah yeah. like it's his body but like when he opens his mouth and like screams at them they can see like vines mm -hmm. like pouring out of his mouth and when they uh are attacked by him his like hands reach out for them and like vines wrap around their legs and he's like he he's like very clearly not him anymore like he doesn't even speak language yeah um, but Reese is, like, obviously, like, oh, that's my dad, and Hetty's like, I gotta kill this thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so she ends up killing him. I, um, I imagine him almost like the beast from Over the Garden Wall. Yeah? But, like, with more exposure, like, like, his bones exposed, like, his ribcage yeah. is showing, and, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you're, like, a being that looks like this should not still be walking, you know, a human, so something yeah. else is going on here. Yeah, and I think they do say something like that. Like, his movements are unnatural. Like, it looks like his bones are not in the right place, but he's, like, still walking. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they, so, Hetty ends up killing him to save her and Reese. Reese is very upset with Hetty, and then they have to hide because they realize Miss Welch is coming, and her and another student come and drop off a body bag 
at the house for some kind of pickup, and they're like, oh my god, is this by it? And then they open it, and it's, it's not her. Um, but they're like, okay, so she's still out there. somewhere, she's the still somewhere, we have there. to find her. QX Um... And what's interesting about this, too, is that this this book is told from two points of view. So one point of view is Hetty, who's the initial one, and then it goes to Byatt when she gets moved. And from Byatt's point of view, we know she's in some kind of research laboratory. It's a fort that's actually on the island. A military it's, it's fort. The, it's, a, it's the visitor center yeah, that they that, repurposed. Yeah, they kind of repurposed from a military installation. But initially, you don't know that she's on the same island. Yeah. So. yeah. You think she might be on the mainland. Uh, You don't know. You don't know where she is. She I doesn't know where she is. So She you... doesn't know where she is, but the research lady doctor uh-huh. says, oh, been passing to someone else, like, we're on fort, whatever, I can remember the fort. Um, and... Hetty and Headmistress earlier in the book had a conversation about that. So you do learn fairly quickly that they're on the island still. Mm. Well, I think they mentioned Fort Nash, but that's on the mainland. But that's not on the island. Um, okay, maybe I'm confused with stuff. I don't know. But, but anyway, so she's in this like research laboratory. And I honestly, like, I didn't really like buy it. I don't, I don't know that I still like her. I was like, I think she's not likable. She's interesting. I didn't like, like her when she was a main character, like with the girls. And then she does some stuff where you're not really sure if she's in control of herself or not. Yeah. But also, I'm like, this is cold blooded either way. So basically, like, for Byatt's part, she's kind of in a haze most of the time because she's in so much pain. Yeah. Because of what is happening to her. And they also seem to be, like, experimenting on her. Not anything super bad, but they're, like, doing blood work, you know? Yeah, constantly. And they're, like, kind of, like, just, just kind of, like, testing her, like, reflexes and stuff like that. And she eventually, she convinces one of the young men that's, like, watching her to, like, take off his quarantine gear and kiss her. Yeah. And this... This, honestly, in my opinion, this dummy. Yeah, <laughs> like, come he's on, an idiot. how do you not go here and know this? He does it, and of course, it's like super contagious, so like he ends up getting it. Um, and I don't know if she, like, but, I still am like, did she really think like he couldn't get it? Yeah, because she's like, she tells him he can't she's get like, it. She's like, you can't get it for me, don't worry. Or is she just so selfish and, and she just wants to kiss someone? She's just like, whatever, yeah, I'm gonna trick Because, like, guy. in her brain, there's been no men around her for forever. Mm-hmm. But also, like, I'm like, is this, like, the disease doing this to her? Right. Or is she really just, like, so goddamn horny she's gonna kill someone <laughs> over it? I don't know. Because, like, isn't the, this like... guy's, like, 19 or 20. Like, he's, like, a fresh military graduate. Yeah. And I'm like, damn, this kid just gets, he gets he just, killed so And you, you can see how quickly, because she's had this for, like, two years at yeah. this point and is still living. He gets it, and then, like, immediately, like, two days later... He starts like, coughing up teeth. He, he, yeah, he just starts coughing up teeth, and he, like, dies. <laughs> and I'm just like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> so for some reason, uh, young women are not really affected by the talk. They're still affected by it, but not like that. Like, yeah. that was so drastic. And, like, you kind of saw it with Reese's father, too. Like, yeah. he was obviously, like, taken by it. Um, And... So, so yeah, so he ends up dying, this whole thing ends up happening, 
when they find out that this happened and they're at the same time simultaneously the school sub finds out that somebody broke um what is it called curfew and like went out after hours like it was reese and hetty that did it but it doesn't seem like anybody knows who it was they just know somebody did and because of that the military's like okay we're pulling out we're leaving uh we're not coming back and that leads to hetty going out on a boat shift with miss welch and two of the other girls and when they go to do the food pickup they just deliver one box yeah um and inside of the box is a tube that has the bi- a biohazard sign on it. And the girls are like, what does this mean? And Welsh is like, uh, it means it's over. They've given up on us. And she essentially coerces one of the girls into kind of helping her kill herself. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how she, she, she like, has one of the girls hold, like, a knife to her body and then kind of falls onto it yeah right because like, i think that's what happens like and... the force to actually drive a knife through your own ribcage would be insane mm-hmm. like it'd be some sheer willpower so using your own body weight yeah i think she like essentially helps this girl murder her and then hattie is just kind of like oh shit yeah. uh it's it's happening um and against like my (laughs) against what i would consider the better judgment they decide to take this canister with them yeah (laughs) like Mm -hmm. i'm gonna toss that shit in the ocean like hetty was like i don't think we should bring it and the one girl was like no we need to show the headmistress i would have been like okay and like thrown (laughs) i would like agreed with her but then i would have like picked it up and just chucked it into the ocean to get rid of it which Uh, It comes back into play. But so the girls go back without the teacher. They tell the headmistress what happened. It seems like the headmistress has some kind of plan, which she does. She She just goes, Um, okay, keep keep things out here, cop, and then walks into her office and locks the door. mm -hmm. Um, And while all this is happening... On their way back, they forget to lock the front gate. Yeah. Coming in. So this is a key... This is my biggest problem with this book, I think. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, keep going. So they so they forget to lock the gate coming in. So then they, like, go to go to sleep um, and are woken up by these strange sounds, which, again, I'm imagining, like, the Annihilation Bear sounds uh, that wake up the girls in the house. Um, and there was no gun shift and no door shift again for some reason. Probably because of all the craziness happening, like, nobody cared. Yeah. Um, and a bear has gotten in through the gate. Mm-hmm. And this is where shit starts, like, steamrolling. Um, and they find out a lot of things. So first they, like, tell the headmistress and they're, like, barricading and the headmistress is like, okay, everybody go into this room. And all the girls go into the into one room without any windows. Just like as I was reading it, I was like, "No." Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, like, not to go too dark with this because this is a YA book, but it's got like Holocaust mm-hmm. vibes going on. And so they she closes them all in this room, and they take Reese um, away from the rest of the girls. They like drag her out, the headmistress and her accomplice girl. They drag Reese out, and Hetty's like, no, Reese, I love you. Yeah. And 
as they like lock the rest of the girls in this windowless room, they I'm assuming using that biohazard that the girls who got back attempt to kill all the other girls in the school. Yeah, and they don't ever make it really clear what is in it. It's like, is it a liquid? Is it a gas? It I... seems like it says like they get hit with like a light spray. Yeah, and it's like flex on them. It feels like. Yeah, yeah. So I don't, I don't know what it is. Um, but they attempt to kill them, and Hetty ends up like wrapping her hand in a jacket. And punching through, like, a stained glass window that has, like, steel wire in it. And her hand gets, like, all fucked up. up. Yeah. But she, like, saves, like, the, a majority of the girls by doing that. Which is kind of, it's It's an interesting occurrence. Because she saves these girls. And it almost immediately causes her more problems. She She's not even trying to, to save, save them. The she yeah. just wants to get out so she can get to Reese. But by getting out to get to Rishi, inadvertently ends up saving the, the rest of these girls. girls. And the reason they took Reese is because they know, because Reese's father had a house on the island, that he probably had a boat. And they want to get information from her about where that is, because they are trying to leave the headmistress and this other girl. Um, so Hetty, like, fucks off. Leaves the other girls to deal with this bear that's now broken through into the house and uh, is like, I'm going to go find Reese. She finds Reese and they kind of end up making their escape while the rest of the house is dealing with this bear. And there's a scene with the headmistress where you find out the headmistress has kind of been hoarding her own supply of food and water, planning to just fuck off. She was always planning to just kind of fuck off, it seems like, and leave these girls to whatever fate. Um, And they make her drink water that has um, gunpowder in it, which will kill her. Wait, Um, is it gunpowder? I thought it was powder of the stuff they had gotten. I thought it was gunpowder. They said something about how all the girls got to keep a bullet right, so they could right. crack it and eat the gunpowder yeah, to, to kill yourself faster rather than having to suffer something. Um, and so Hetty and, and Reese end up leaving, but simultaneously in Hyatt's story, or Byatt's story... I think you're right because they catch they do catch her putting gunpowder in multiple bottles of water right, to give to the girls. To give to the rest of the girls, yeah. Um... But, so, meanwhile, by it, she's, like, dying. Yeah. And the doctors that were with her because she, like, infected that kid just essentially left her there. Yeah. They were like, fuck you, we're evacuating to the mainland, you can stay here. Um, and so, what I think is interesting, okay, so this is what I'm wondering, like, are they trying to find a cure? Because by it... As she's, like, dying, says she can feel something, like, moving in her arm, and she knows it's, like, not a part of her. So she, like, cuts open her arm and pulls out, like, like a, a, a white tapeworm type thing, and she, like, pulls it out and, like, throws it on the ground and, like, steps on it and kills it. And she says, like, she, like, feels better, like, almost instantly. And I'm like... How have these people been, like, researching these girls for, like, two years and they don't know that there was, like, a parasite inside of them? Yeah, so we're, once we get through the whole plot, we'll go back to this. But yeah. I have stuff to say about this. So, anyway, so she takes it out and then she's essentially like, I just want to go outside. She knows that she's still dying. 
But she, like, feels better now she doesn't have the parasite in her. And she's like, well, while I die, I just want to be in the fresh air. So she goes to, like, sit outside. Um, meanwhile, Hetty and Reese still making their escape. They find the boat. They know that there's, like, because of the headmistress tells them that there's these jet planes coming to bomb the island and kill the rest of the girls. So they're like, we gotta hurry. Like, they're trying to kill these people in, like, <laughs> like five different ways. Yeah, they're, like, really trying to make sure all these girls are dead. Which is another reason that makes me think, like, that they are in on it. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, why else would they want to cover it up so much? Like, the people on the homeland, of uh, the mainland, already think that they're dead. Yeah. So I feel like this has to be some kind of government thing. Um... And then they, as they're leaving, they pass the visitor center and they realize that it looks like all, it has like all this quarantine gear around it. Like it's all set up as if they, somebody had been using it. So they're like, oh my God, I bet that's where they were keeping by it. And Hetty is like, I'm not going to leave until I like know for sure if she's alive or dead. So risking it all for buy it, they go there and find her alive, like, on death's door. I can't believe this bitch is alive. <laughs> like, on death's door in the freezing cold of the of winter, you know? Um, and Hetty's like, we gotta take her. So they, like, bring her back to the boat, and they begin to make their way to the mainland in this little tiny tugboat, and that is essentially how it ends. Yeah. That, like, that's the that's ending the of the plot. book. That's the, that's the ending of the book, and it's it's a standalone book, so we don't know what ends up happening to them. We don't know if they ever get to the mainland. They, I think Hetty mentioned something about how she thinks their next step should be to go find her dad, because he's a Navy guy. Yeah. And she's like, he's a, one of the good Navy guys, so I think he'll help us. But I'm just like, aren't you just gonna, like, infect him and then he'll just, like, die instantly? Like, I don't know. It seems... Yeah. It seems like these three girls, like, you're rooting for them to get away. But at the same time, you're like, also you leaving is kind of dooming the rest of humanity. Yeah. Um, but. So the what it, how it's portrayed in the book. They mention it. They make it seem like this parasite was something that was stuck in ice, like far below the Earth. But now that the Earth is warming, it kind of defrosted enough that this parasite got released into the ecosystem. And it hit, like, this island first because of, like, just location-wise. Yeah, yeah. So it it doesn't, like, the way it's described in the book, it doesn't seem like there it was released there intentionally. It seems like it was accidental. But then again, that goes back to my question of, like, if, I feel like if they were scanning them, doing these blood tests, they must have known there was, like, a parasite in these people, right? Why would yeah. they try to remove it? Like, so... This is where I get weird feels from this book because you can like see the inspiration for the story, honestly, like the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh the Area X books. Um I don't know, Gone by Michael Grant oh, is a yeah. very, very similar style of book. I thought this that was my first thought, is that this reminded me of the Gone. But then uh, when I got to that point, there's a very famous horror story that's actually been in my reading list forever, and I haven't read it. Um, but it's called The Troop by Nick Cutter. Mm -hmm. and a group of Boy Scouts, they go out on a Boy Scout like retreat, 
and they're kind of in the woods, I think south of a military base. And this military base has been doing genetic testing on worms there. Mm. So these worms get out and they come up and get, like, go through the boy's feet. And, like, I think they start getting powers and stuff like that. Oh, interesting. Um, which is fine that it's kind of reusing a similar plot point because mm-hmm. that's like how interesting stories happen. You read a cool thing, you read a cool thing here, you combine them in interesting ways to make new lore and stuff. But it just never quite becomes like fully realized as a plot to me. Well, and like I said, like they don't really have any powers. If anything, yeah. they're just suffering yeah. from it. Like well, they don't really get anything cool from their yeah. deformities. Yeah, I don't think know? the boys do either. And that like they just get like ripped apart, you know, brutally. Mm, yeah. Um. But then the bear in particular and the deer remind me of Gone, which is by Michael Grant. Similar plot, except that like all the adults disappear, and you have. Like, rich kids and poor kids, and they're trying to, like, take care of the little brothers and sisters and raise food, and there's mutations happening. But the animals also mutate. And the animals are given much more... It's a long... It's, like, six books long. Mm -hmm. But they're given much more space to, like, breathe on the page. And the animals don't just start acting weird to start acting weird. Mm. Like, this bear is sick, and then it breaks in. And we talked about this a little bit, but the bear essentially serves to make them make decisions fast. Mm-hmm. But, like, I think you could take the bear out and the headmistress could have been, like, go in this room. And the girls have just gone in there because they trust the headmistress. So I don't know what the bear actually does. But when, in the Gone books, when the animals start acting weird, kids who are, like, from farmers' families or different stuff, like, or, like, they're, like, they like science it really shines a spotlight on, like, specific skills that, like, only they would have based on what their families know and stuff. Mm. So I think it does character building work, too, whereas the bear in this is just like, I'm here and I'm a bear. Well, and I think the bear, too, I, I, I don't know why you're so hung up on it, but I feel like the bear was more of just, like, there was still, like, 20 other girls in the school, and, like... The bear was like, okay, this bear is going to eat these other girls. And, like, Hetty is going to be like, I guess I'm going to sacrifice these girls to this bear so me and Reese can get away. I think I I have a belief in writing that upping the body count to up the body count is lazy. Because if there wasn't, if the bear wasn't there, I feel like Hetty and Reese would end up having to fight all the other girls. But that to me is... Or try and sneak away. Yeah, more, like, character. Because, like, you know, you could be like, I'd known this girl since she was, like, six and stuff. Mm. Like, it gives her, like... Like, Hetty and Reese and Byatt sometimes show remorse, but honestly, they just feel like sociopathic serial killers by the I end mean, of the book. I mean, I feel like it says in the... Be- it sets up in the beginning about how they've kind of learned, like, that's how they survive yeah. through this tox. So, like, they're hardened girls they're like essentially soldiers but that's the that's the thing to me it's like they said that they'd been on the island for a year and then the tox came and they were there for another year and it's just like like i think they had the tox for two years so i think they had three years total that they were it's it's just like really brutally fast to become like a cold-blooded killer that's gonna sacrifice children i don't know two years is a long time I don't know. I, so? I, I, I don't feel 
I mean, it's. I think it's a problem of the length of the book. Like, this is one of the few books we've read where I felt it could have been much longer. So you wanted at least one of the girls to be a little more sensitive. Yeah, or not even sensitive, like... but like when they're fighting or when they're doing anything, they're never like, okay, this is Jean. I know her. And, you know, I I was there when she, like, broke her ankle and I helped take care of her. But right now, it's me or her and I have to murder her. There's just like, they're just like, yeah, we lived in this building with this girl. Bam! Bullheadshot. I feel like they do kind of do that, though, the first thing. Because, like, when Hetty is on the, after the teacher, like, kills herself, She's, like, on that dock with those two other girls, and she's like, I mean, I know these girls. And she's like, I know this girl is, like, she needs me to be, like, I'm gonna take this canister back to the headmistress, or she's, like, not gonna be okay. So she's like, I'm gonna do it. Like, I don't want to do it, but, like, I, this girl is, like, clearly distraught right now, and that's what she wants to do. So she, like, kind of, like, Shows a little bit of leeway yeah. because she knows that girl. Yeah. You know? But it's like one out of the 20, which is why I'm saying the book could be much bigger and really give you characters, like, interactions. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a YA book. Um, and not all YA books are long or short, but, like, I feel like this one is in particularly a short and quick read. Like, the font's pretty big. Right? Like, I would say that's, like, a size... 15 or 16. Yeah, no, it's definitely a really quick read. Um, did you have a favorite part of the book? Yeah, I mean, I do think it's when they're throwing the food in the water. Mm-hmm. Because you later come back to Welch. Mm-hmm. And Welch, you know, she's vindicated. Like, they tell you that they've been putting stuff in the food for whatever reason, which is never explained. You know, like, we never know if it's to get better results on information from the talks, or if they're just trying to mess Kill with them, the girls, so or whatever. they don't reason. have to deal with it, or what, yeah. But, but you know, it, it shows that, like, there's, uh, like, layers of information of people knowing things, but you never meet anyone who really knows anything, except for maybe the doctor lady who takes care of it. Hmm. Um... I mean, I guess it's just forever going to be a mystery. Yeah. So, I, for my favorite part, I mean, I did really like the scene with Hetty and, and Reese when they finally, like, admit their feelings for each other. Oh, yeah, it's a powerful I, scene. I like that scene a lot, but I'm actually going to read what I think is my favorite scene, and I think it's almost because it's, like, poetry a little bit, and it's when Byatt is, like, dying, and she's like, I just want to be outside. Um, for the last part, and so this is kind of like her last. This is, I think, this is the last chapter we get with Byatt before the end of the book. Um, and she says, "Breathe in, breathe out. Keep my eyes open as long as I can. I want to see. I want to look. I want the woods to fall away, the ocean to crawl up to my feet, the island to come drifting in on the tide. Raxter, don't forget, Raxter." It will be like sea glass. I will bend down. I will look into the rippled surface of it. I will see myself suspended inside. I will know exactly where I am. I will cradle it in my palms until it dries, until the edges have worn off, until it has stopped being beautiful. Roaring, a roaring, a rush, it is coming. I will keep it anyway. And I just liked it because it was like... it. it 
It's very Bradbury-ish. It was, it was just very, like, you could look at it and you could see the meaning in each of the lines, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I, I just really liked that. That was, like, by its last um, piece in the book that she got to say, basically. Um, and like I said, I didn't really like her. I just thought she was interesting, but like it was, I think that was my favorite part. Now that you've brought that up, I had to look it up because when I read that, I remember thinking about this. There's a quote in Bradbury's End the Line line that's, I want to feel all there is to feel. He thought, let me feel tired now. Let me feel tired. I mustn't forget I'm alive. I know I'm alive. I mustn't forget it tonight, tonight or tomorrow or the day after that. It's kind of a similar, you know feeling but that's what i want more of of every character in this book yeah no and i i think that's fair but i think if you tilt that scale right like Mm -hmm. from like the action to going back towards this like interpersonal like self-analysis then you start getting towards king style writing which is not what this i think wants to be it's like a more of an action adventure story Mm. like this would almost be a better short film to me than a mm-hmm. book. Like, if you just made, like, a 30-minute action. Or, like, a mini-series? Like, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, like, I, I, for me, I'll, I'll, unless you have something else, I'm going to jump mm-hmm. into rating it. Yeah. This is, like, a 2 out of 5. Interesting. I think I think I gave it a 3 out of 5. Um, Because I, I think it was uh, exactly what I was expecting it to be. And what I was expecting to kind of see in it, so I gave it a three uh, out of five on on Goodreads. Like, um, I think it shows like in that passage, like flashes of brilliance, but never like settles on like a level of like this is the story, and it feels like unevenly written. Okay, I I I definitely liked it, and it's it was a very quick read. Yeah, like it was super quick. Like like we said at the beginning, we both finished it early this month, and then still ended up <laughs> waiting the last second to record the podcast. But you know what? I I would recommend this if somebody was like, I want a YA horror. I probably would be like, throw this out there as an option for somebody to read. I know you probably wouldn't no, recommend I, it. No, I have a lot of other YA horror. I, would I don't really read this. that much horror, so but nobody would I'm be asking me for her that book list because this was her favorite first book, right? Uh huh. So Wilder Girls then burn down their bodies. But she has a new one coming out this year called In a Burn In a Garden Burning Bowl. Mm. So it would be I'd be interested to see how much her writing style has changed. I think it seemed like more people liked Burn Our Bodies Down because um uh. Debut novels are always kind of like that. Mm. You know, like pe- like authors, every famous author will tell you, you don't know how to write a novel. You just know how to write the novel you're writing at that moment. Mm-hmm. So, but like you kind of, once you've written your first novel and finished it, you've learned the pacing and how much space stuff takes up. Whereas like the first time you write a story that long, you're just kind of like, I'm trying to get from eight point eight point A to Z, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so our next book, mm-hmm. which is my choice, is by China Miebu. Uh It won the Hugo, so the biggest sci-fi award in the world, uh, for fiction or like for writing. And it is the city and the city. Uh, it also has a movie out. I'm specifically not looking up anything about the movie until I finish the, the book. book. Yeah, I don't want the characters' faces 
right. the movie. To it, impact how you imagine yeah. them. But it's, from what I understand, and I was recommended this book by a lot of other people, um, is that it takes place in a fictional Eastern European city. And, like, there's, like, almost two cities, like, Buddha and Pesh, very close together. And it takes place at, like, a weird crossroads of, like, East European, but also, like, magical beings and, like, planar entities. And I think there's, like, a, literally a dinosaur's, like, a giant <laughs> dinosaur corpse separating the two cities. Interesting. If I'm not hallucinating. But the main character is an inspector or detective who is researching or investigating the murder of a girl in his city, but she's from the other city. Mm. So then he starts working with the other city's police force and stuff from there unravels. But, like, you know, what people told me and why they thought I would like this is because the city itself is a character. Mm. Like, it's, you know, which, I think we read something else, and I can't remember which book it was, where I talked about how... The For this podcast? Yeah. Where the characters... Piranesi, probably? I don't no, know. No, I love Piranesi. Um, oh, okay. Um, But, like, it's... What was the last book you picked? The Night Circus. The Night Circus. The characters, the scenery is described beautifully, the characters are doing cool stuff and very introspective and interesting, but they never tell you how they feel about the room they're in. So it just feels like you spent two pages describing a beautiful space, but then the character is like, I walk in an open book. You know, and they don't. It doesn't feel like meshed together. And this is what people told me is like actually in response to me telling some people about the night circus like that is that this is a book where the top, the city itself is really important to the characters' personalities. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking forward to giving it a read. So, so join us uh, for May. Yeah. Reading the city and the city by, by China Mayview. You said. Yeah, Mayview. He's a British sci-fi writer. He also wrote October, which is like a fictionalized version of the Russian Revolution. Okay. Um. So he's really big. Like if you Google him, you'll find like people like come to him for lectures. Mm. And May has thirty-one days in it, so so we can procrastinate even more. Yeah, because the book is not long, but I think it's dense. Yeah. So get to reading. Okay. Yeah, you heard him. Get to reading, everybody, yeah. and uh, we'll see you next month. But if you want to uh, follow us at Shared Pages Pod on Twitter, give us a like. Let us know what you thought of any of our books, honestly, that we had read. We'd love to hear what you guys thought about it. Um, also, make sure you leave a review if you're interested. It really helps us out. We're on Spotify now, so we're also on, on Podbean. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Um, and we will be back. See you next month. month. Yeah, and uh, happy reading. <laughs>